Welcome to the Joe Ciccarelli Show, where I coach and inspire you to live your very best life, one step at a time. Hey guys, welcome to episode number 20 of the Joe Ciccarelli Show. Today's episode, how to solve conflict without having to be right or wrong. The best of both worlds, not having to be right or wrong. Uh, Before I go into the episode, I want to just thank you guys really for your support. It's been 20 episodes. That's a a lot of podcasts, a lot of work and a lot of um, trial and error. And the feedback really has been good. It was funny. I was just thinking about what I was going to kind of intro for this podcast. And I'm like, you know what? I need to ask people um, to give some feedback because I always ask for feedback and then I don't really, I don't get feedback. And then I'm thinking about it and I'm like, you know what? I do get a lot of feedback. It's just good. And I'm waiting for like people to be like, well, you need to try this or I, you know, I like this more than this or I really like that. I do get a little bit of that. But in general, the feedback really has been good when I talk to. So I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Uh yeah, I'm I'm still figuring this out and still figuring out what this looks like long term. I'm really enjoying these rants and just kind of coming up with a topic or an idea and just talking about it. Uh, the interviews could still come up. I don't necessarily have anyone lined up to interview now. That could change in an hour. But uh, for the meantime, I, I, I'm definitely planning to continue doing these and I really appreciate your guys' um, support. They say that and don't quote me on this, but someone told me when I first started that 90% of people don't make it beyond 20 podcasts, which at first, I'm like, I, I'm like super motivated. I'm like, yeah, that's going to be no problem for me. And then you get to like, really, maybe like 16, 17, or even 18, or 19, or 20. Like the, the last four or five podcasts, not as much as they've been hard, but it's just you start to question, what, well, what am I doing? Um, I had a lot of growth in listeners in, in uh, August, and September's so far been a little slower, not like super slow, but a, a, a little bit slower. And so it's like, God, am I, you, you start to question yourself like you're doing and like everyone does in a lot of areas, the saboteurs come up. And uh, yeah, it's for me, it's just going back to the basics. It's coming here and talking about things and um, things that are interesting to me and things that I think other people will find interesting and just really trying to help people. I had a coaching client today that just said, hey, and this was more about coaching and some of the other stuff that I do, but in this arena, it's just trying to help people. So if anyone listens to this and they're finding value in it, like I said from day one, if I can help one person make one better decision once a week or once a month or whatever it is, then that's a win. And that's something I wasn't doing three or four months ago. And uh, yeah, I, I, I really do appreciate your guys' support and listening and sharing it and all that sort of stuff. So get to sharing, will you? Jesus. Um, okay, so conflict today. Uh, I want to talk about like I guess I'm going to break it into three parts here. So the first, the first part is like choices. When, when conflict arises, what choices do we have? I want to talk a little bit about that because um, I think we. And this is why I chose the the quote I chose for this podcast. If you look on my Instagram, you could see the particular one I chose is just how conflict effectively conflict doesn't need to be a battle. Uh, it doesn't, and so the way I look at that is it doesn't need to be a bad thing. And I think so often we assume if there's conflict, it's bad. Any sort of conflict is a bad thing. But really it's just a, it's, it's just a conflicting opinion. It's a topic. We, I talk so much about topics and that we need to separate topics from our feelings about them because our feelings about them, we can change. We can't change the topic. 
um, and a topic is something and you look at it one way and I look at it a different way and we have a conflict. And um, that doesn't need to be a bad thing. And in fact, it could be a really good thing. It could be in a gift or an opportunity. So I, I'm going to talk a little bit more in depth about the choices we have when conflict arises. And then I'm going to dive into the three layers of conflict, which this is from um, the Positive Intelligence, Shazad Jameen, this whole mental fitness thing. He has a great book. I've talked about it enough to not need to talk about it right now. But uh, the three layers of conflict, which is really an eye-opener for me. And really, um, I want to dive into that a little bit and give you guys some background on that because I think it's really useful. I don't think it is really useful when we start talking about the different layers of conflict and where we normally meet people at and where we need to get to to really solve stuff. Super, super useful. And then I'm going to break it down into some basic action. Uh, there's could be a lot of action that could come out of this, but I'm going to focus on one particular thing, the act of generosity. And I'll talk about that at the end. That'll make more sense. But I think um, when I look at all the things I'm going to say, it's going to intuitively make sense to all of you. There's going to be like, oh, wow, that's interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, my God. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Oh, my God. Joe's just brilliant. Like, you know, like he's unbelievable. He's perfect. He's God, he's a good looking guy. He's just always says the right thing at the right time. So you, that's the type of stuff that you're going to be saying throughout the podcast, which you're used to saying through all my podcasts. But the problem is at the end, when it comes to practice, when you're in an argument with someone, it's really hard to implement a lot of this stuff. And so that's why I really want to talk about an act of generosity. That'll take us into empathy a little bit, but that's really going to be the action today. So that's, so that's, that's the focus. That is the focus. Uh, so let's, let's hop right in. So conflict arises, right? There's a disagreement between you and your significant other. You need to be very careful about using that as an example. I told you guys I got in trouble for that. Um, so I, I got to be careful about that. But it could be your significant other. It could be your parents, your, your, your kids, uh, whatever, right? Conflict comes up. It comes up in work. We all know what comes up. So there's three things we can do when it comes up. And in, this is my opinion. This is not necessarily the case. But in my opinion, they're in order of one's the worst, second's the second worst, and third is the third worst. And I could be, uh, well, third is great, actually. So it's not the third worst. It's good. I think one is worse than two. Some people would probably say two is worse than one. I could be, I guess you could go either way. But the first one is to pretend it doesn't exist. And you have a conflict with someone and you just ignore it. And when I say conflict, that means you disagree with someone. It doesn't necessarily mean that like you butt heads per se. Uh, you could butt heads and it could be a point where you both realize there's something wrong or it could just be someone else does something that bothers you and they, they don't have a clue um, and you don't say anything. You just pretend it doesn't exist. And why I think that's so bad is because two things. One is you're going to be in saboteur land. You're going to be beating yourself up um, or really beating them up, but in the process beating yourself up because that's all you're doing when you're getting pissed off about something. You're just beating yourself up. You're not hurting the other person by getting pissed until you verbalize that. Uh, but the worst part is m most times that I've seen in my life, and this is just my experience, is when people pretend a problem doesn't exist, or pretend a conflict doesn't exist, they normally go to a bunch of other people and talk shit about that person. And that's where I really have a problem because that just, I just, I, I'm not perfect at it, but I'm really trying to get better about gossiping and talking behind people's back and all that stuff. But a lot, a lot of that is because of conflict. We have a conflict with someone. We don't want to bring it up to them, so we're going to go talk shit behind their back. I just think it's a horrible way to approach things. Um, so, but that is an option, right? That's something you can do. You don't like something. You don't like something someone did. You're buttheads with someone. You can go talk shit behind their back and pretend it doesn't happen and just be passive-aggressive or um, completely passive and just, oh, no, everything's fine. You know, it, it's so funny now that I, I say that. It's... it's um, 
Americans are more abrasive in general. Having lived overseas and lived with a lot of people, specifically people from um, uh, British people, it, it was really interesting for me because, um, and part of this maybe was the build up in my head. Like I think of British people, I think of like the queen and proper and all this shit, but there is, there is a lot to that. When I meet British people, they're in many ways they're, they're, you know, them or you guys that are listening are a lot more proper. And, uh, in, in the sense that like, um, kind of taking the higher road in a way. But what I always found is like, not not always, but in some cases, maybe that's great and that's awesome and that's the truth. But in many cases, the bullshit's still there. It's just you don't you don't say it. And a better example is in the U.S. I grew up in Boston. Again, very and so the U.S. in general is more abrasive than maybe places like the U.K. But Boston, New York, the Northeast is significantly more abrasive than other parts of the country, specifically in the South. So when I went to school, when I moved from Boston, went to school in Florida, it was the exact same thing. People would come in and they'd be, um, you know, oh, everything's fine, everything's fine. And then they'd hammer you behind your back. And one of the advantages in Boston, this is number two, you you can confront people. And um, the way I grew up was a lot more confronting. Um, but the problem is, in most cases, that confronting is with a saboteur. It comes from a negative place. You're judging someone. Worse than judging someone, uh, I talk about this, and I hope it starts to resonate now if it hasn't before, is we judge other people's intentions. So a conflict comes up, and we assume we know what the other person's thinking, and we're just getting ready to really stick it to them, and, and we're going to go right to them and say, what's your problem? You did this. You did this. And I mean, how's that ever going to turn good? But that's what we do, and I'm guilty of that. And that's and why I would say one is worse than two is um, I, I'm more two. I'm more of a, I'm going to confront you, and I'm going to confront Nat, or I'm going to confront whoever and say, what's the problem? And the reason why I'd say that is where it can be in, in my situation better than one is because normally it's a shit show initially, but then it leads us into solving the problem. Whereas I think if you don't solve it at all, if you don't confront it at all, you'll never solve it. If you can confront it even with a saboteur and you can get past that saboteur, I can. Maybe some people can't. That's, so that's what I'm saying. Maybe that's worse. But for me, I can. And I think a lot of people can. It just takes this massive fight to get there, unfortunately. Um, so that's the second thing. You can confront it with a saboteur. If there's a conflict, you can go right and get right in someone's face um, in both physically or just verbally and emotionally get up in someone and be like, you know, what's, what, what the heck? Uh, you, you did this and I feel because you did this, I'm going to do that, whatever it is. And the last one is you can approach it as a gift or an opportunity. And of course, that's what we all want to do. Uh, easier said than done, but that's the truth. And that's why I struggle with one so much because... Um, when conflict comes up, it doesn't need to be a bad thing. And how many times do we have a conflict with someone, fit, get through it, um, we have a massive fight, and then you feel like you're like so much closer because you worked out all these problems. The problem was the massive fight and what led to that. But the end game was like, wow, this was really cool, right? Like, wow, I feel closer to this person. We, we, we really got all our feelings out there. Now we feel closer. Now we understand each other more. Now we've grown our relationship. I have always said in my relationship with Nat, without a doubt, uh, and we moved pretty fast. We got married like, I think in less than a year of knowing each other. Um, and we moved pretty fast. One of the things that made me very comfortable in that is like, and it's really hard in relationships to like bring up an issue when you have it. That's really hard, especially early on. It's really hard to do that. And I was able to do that, which in turn led um, that to bring up a lot of stuff. And then at the end of those, we'd be like, wow, we're closer together because of it. And so it's really the same principle of like looking back at life and, and saying, 
God, that was the greatest thing that ever happened to me, except it's a much shorter time frame because normally the argument doesn't take so long. So again, um, there's a massive opportunity um, and a gift in any conflict with anyone. There really is. It's, um, it's just how we approach that. And that's why I'm so against pretending it doesn't exist because we're just perpetuating this negative cycle. Uh, I think... trying to think of this next part here how i want to go in yeah before i go into the three layers i just want to ramble off a couple things there's an 80 20 rule in conflict and i wasn't sure whether to do this to first or do this kind of in the middle but i I think it's better here and i can't do it first because i've already passed first Uh, there's an 80 20 rule of conflict um and so in i guess let me step back a little bit approaching it as a gift and an opportunity sounds great right but when you're riled up that's really hard Really, really hard. And we talk about the importance of doing active meditation and really focusing on centering ourselves before we move on. And that, that's great, but I'm also a realistic person. Like, uh, it's not, it's really hard to do that in the heat of the moment. It's really hard to do that when you're pissed and all that sort of stuff. And so the ability um, to look at an 80 20 rule of conflict, which basically says that it's very, 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 very rare that anyone's ever 100% at fault. And we say, normally it's 80 20. Right, and normally it's probably more like fifty-fifty, but assume eighty-twenty. So assume when you're going in and you're getting ready to stick it to someone, and you have a conflict, and you're getting ready to confront them. If you can just assume that you're twenty percent at fault, um, and start looking at what that looks like and why you might be twenty percent at fault, you can significantly change that. I mean, imagine if any everyone went into a, a conflict or a disagreement thinking I'm twenty percent at fault, and what can I do better? I mean, that that would be earth shattering. So that's one thought. And then I'm, I'm going to dive into this a little bit more later, but the, there's something called an act of generosity. And an act of generosity says that when there is an argument, when there is um, conflict, right? So conflict, ideally, it doesn't have to be a bad thing. I'm, I'm, uh, in the perfect world, it's, hey, you know, I have a conflict. Let me go talk to you about this. And then you say, oh, wow, that's, thank you so much. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Let's, let's, let's dive into the three layers of conflict and hear each other and listen, right? That, that's a perfect world. That's why it's not going to happen. But what could... What, what is more realistic is we kind of lead in with number two, the confront it with a saboteur. And the saboteur starts. And the second a saboteur starts, I'm going to tell you why when I start talking about the layers. But the second that saboteur starts, you're just literally taking the key and sticking it and turning on the other person's saboteur. And then boom, here we go. So at some point, if we're going to resolve conflict, we're going to move beyond it, someone needs to take an act of generosity. We'll talk more about that later. But I want you thinking about the 80-20 rule and the active generosity as I go through as I go through the layers of conflict. As I go through the layers of conflict, because it's very important to understand that no matter what, someone's gonna have to take an active generosity. And I mean, we all know we're in an argument with someone, and it's just stubbornness, stubbornness, stubbornness. At some point, someone's gonna be an act of generosity. And that's a big thing. And that's something that we should be proud of and we should congratulate people for and we should be we should pride ourselves in being the person that does that. Again, much easier said than done, but that's it, right? I feel like all of this self-development stuff is easy, it's simple, but at some point it gets to a, a, this this point where it's like, okay, either you're in or you're out. Either you're going to get serious about this or you're just going to be some of the talks. And this is the point. The act of generosity is the point of either you're going to get serious about trying to be a better person, create a better relationship with someone, identify opportunities to really grow your relationship um, and resolve the conflict, or you're just going to sit there and perpetuate it and stay in the saboteur land. It's a decision you can make. There's nothing I'm going to say that's going to really get you over the, uh, get you over the top. Either you, either you want to be better or you don't. 
Uh, so let's let's now 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 that we've gone through some of that, I want to talk about these three this th- the three different layers. I mean, I've only alluded to them about forty five different times in this podcast, so maybe it's time I talk about them. The first one is uh, go, okay. So a picture an iceberg, right? And what we see is above the water, and there's a lot of stuff that we don't see that's below the water. We've all seen this before. It's like the hard work you just see at the tip, and we don't see goes on below. So just imagine this this iceberg broke out into three layers, and what we normally see is the one layer above the water, and that's uh, the layer called positions. And positions are effectively what we demand of the other person. So conflict normally lives here, right? Whenever there's a conflict, you're going into it thinking, I expect the other person to do this, or I expect them to do this. I did this. They didn't do this. What's your problem? What's wrong with you? Why did you do this? I expected you to do that, right? And so you can rephrase that in any way you want, but that's how, that's where conflict starts, Something happened, you expected that person to handle it differently, you expected them not to do whatever they did or to do something they didn't do and they didn't do it. So now we have a conflict, right? The problem with taking, so what, what, what you've done is you've taken a position. You've said, I expected you to do this. You've taken one side of the coin and said, I'm on this, I'm taking this position that you should have done this. Well, the problem with that is the second you take a position in, in the world of, I don't know what laws of physics exist, Every position requires an opposite position. So the second you take a position, you're immediately giving the other person um, a, a shoe in to take the opposite position. Why didn't? You, why did you do this? What's wrong with you? Immediately turns back to, well, I did this because you did this. Or what do you mean? What's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with me. You, you, you get it. So now we have two positions, and what we expect is we're going to solve conflict at at this layer, at this very top layer. That's how most people try and solve conflict. And that's the whole right and wrong game, right? So it's, it's, I did this wrong, you did that wrong, nope, nope, you did this wrong, I did this wrong, well, can't you see this, well, can't you see that? Um, and position, when you hold a position, it's, it's always held by a saboteur. And, a, and the saboteur has no interest in resolving a conflict. It just wants to be right. When we're in saboteur land, we don't, we don't care about the broader conflict. We only care about being right. So I can't stress that to you enough. The most insightful part of this, this first layer of the conflict is this is where 95% of us try and solve our, solve our conflicts with people by saying, well, here's what I think. And then they, and, and you come up with, I mean, you turn into a, a lawyer and you come up with all these reasons why you're right and all the reasons why they're wrong. And then they come back to you and tell you this. And then you kind of mildly agree that, yeah, you know what? Okay, cool. Sounds good. We're we're friends again, whatever. And then you go home and you're still thinking about it and you're still creating that memorandum of reasons of why you're right and why they're wrong. And that's where that's where conflict lives in so many of our relationships. And that's the problem because we can never solve it there. We can never properly solve it there. And a really good example is you're never you're very 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 really going to get admit someone to properly admit that they did something wrong at that level. Right? Like you're never going to, when you're in the midst of an argument with someone, you're never going to necessarily get someone to be like, you know what? I'm a hundred percent wrong. It's, it's, and even as an active, I don't think an active generosity is that. And I'm not asking you to say an active generosity is not to say I'm wrong and you're right. That's not what it is. And we'll talk more about what it is in a couple of minutes, but just understand that is that at that level, when you're in the midst of things, you'll never say, you'll never say, Hey, I'm sorry for what I did or that. Now, later on, after the arguments come down and you guys have reached new levels, what, what you'll reach a different layer of the conflict, which we'll talk about, you will. 
and think about that. How often you get in an argument with someone and you're scheming and you're going, and then later on, you're literally like, it's weird. It's almost like you start apologizing, like things calm down, you get to a deeper level, and then you start apologizing for all the stuff that they accused you of, and they're apologizing for all the stuff you accuse them of. And it's like, whoa, what the, why didn't this just happen 10 minutes ago? So the, the, the positions. We take, so layer two is called assumptions. We take positions based on underlying assumptions. So we, we assume that we know what others are thinking, and because we assume we know what others are thinking, we take our position. Does that make sense? So if there's an event that happens or a response or some type of reaction that we get, we just assume, well, they did that because, and we create this whole story in our head of why they did that. And that story we create assumes, well, that must be the truth. So then if that's the truth, then they're, at, they're an asshole and I'm going to take this position. And that's what happens. So... In any position we take, there's always an underlying assumption. And you, again, a great example of that is when you're in an argument with someone and at some point it comes out and you get to a point and it's like, well, you know, you did this because of this. And the person's like, I was never even thinking that. That was never even in my mind. But yet in your mind, you're convinced that they're coming at you like that. Arguing over texts, emails, all that stuff. It's, it's, it's just we, we create assumptions based on what we think people mean. And if there's one other action you could get out of this, it really comes well outside of resolving conflict, but just is if we can start asking people um, and not assuming, asking people what they mean and clarifying, we could spend a little bit more time clarifying and listening, our world's going to change in a lot of different ways. We'll see our world change in a lot of different ways because there's only, and I'm guilty of this the next person at times, is we just assume. We assume we know. We assume we know. And the second we assume we know, we react to that assumption. And that's the position. So you have position or assumption. You're not going to solve any conflicts there. The key to solving the conflict and the key to finding the gift of the opportunity is the third, the deepest level, and that's the aspiration. And that's focusing on the other person or our own aspirations. And so when someone comes to us and opposes us, we're automatically going to, or comes in with a strong position that we don't agree with, it's very, very easy and very automatic for us to oppose that. But when someone comes at us with a genuine aspiration, we almost always support that. I mean, even outside of conflicts, when you hear about people and you hear about people and they aspire to do this and they really want to, that's something that they deep down they care about and they feel that you start to support those people. You start to appreciate them and you start to really start to, start to, start to cheer them on a little bit. And that's where we find a lot of common ground. If you think about any argument that you've ever been in or any like big conflict you've, you've been in with anyone, could you not get down to the aspiration and it couldn't, would it not be pretty similar? Would it not be that you both love each other and you want the best or you both, you know, maybe you're arguing with on, on, on how to raise your kid and arguing with your parents or your significant other on how to raise your kid. And at the end of the day, everyone wants what's best for that kid, Right. That's the aspiration level. You get in an argument with your significant other about vacation or something stupid like that and it blows up into something. At the end of the day, you both want to have the best vacation. Get in an argument about with, with Nat about um, her coming here and trying to find a job and how I think she should do it. Uh, me imposing my stupid judgment. Um, all I want is for her to have a great job that she loves and that's all she wants too. So why are we arguing? I mean, can you see that? But yet, we're, we, we want to sit there and say, I'm right, you're right. 
here, here's why I'm right and you're wrong about this little thing. It get, you, you're never going to solve it there. Do you, do you understand that? If I'm sitting there and saying, you need to apply for 10 jobs a day, and she's saying, well, you know, I think I, I should apply for five because this I want to do them differently. I want to do five good rather than 10 half good or whatever. And we're sitting there in argument. We're never going to solve a problem there. But if we both get to the ground layer of, I just want you to be happy here. And, you know, I just want to find a job and feel like I'm contributing to our family. You know, that, that, that stuff. And if you listen to the podcast that, that uh, Nat, did, Nat and I did some coaching on, uh, that, that was a, a big part of it, right? But at the, at the aspiration level, we really, really both want the same thing. And so there's so much to learn at the aspiration level. And that's where the fun part comes in. And that's where if we can get there, things open up. Because there's a whole lot more, in most conflicts, there's a whole lot more that's not being said. Again, how many times do you, and you've all understand this aspiration level, how many times do you get to that aspiration level with someone and all of a sudden they bring up something that has nothing to do with that, but you're in such a, like a safe place almost. And now it's, well, this comes up and that comes up and you just start talking about, well, I never felt that or I never, and then like your relationship has grown like, like, like 20 fold. And it's, it's, I've always said it, like I said, and I'll go back to the story I told earlier when I was in Dubai and I first met Nat, like I would bring something up that was a conflict uh, for me and we didn't know each other well enough to really argue that much then and Nat's just pretty laid back in general. So, um, you know, we were like early stages so it was like, it, it, it was never really too saboteur driven in those cases to begin with but it was just always amazing to me like I brought something up and then, and then because it was like a safe environment and, you know, I would, I would, kind of ask her questions. The next thing you know, she's talking about stuff that, that was kind of bothering her and she, she, she had some confliction with. I don't know if confliction is a word, but I think it is. Um, and then, you know, in essence, the pie gets bigger. So when you start looking at how to solve this conflict, all of a sudden there's way more things at play, right? Instead of just, you know, are we going to go on vacation here? Or are we going to go on vacation there? It's like, well, I just want to spend time together. So we could even, you know, just do this or we could do that. Or um, again, going back to the child example, it's, well, we just really, really care about raising our children. So let's talk about, you know, and then it comes out, well, I'm nervous because of some of the financial constraints of raising the children. Well, that comes into it. And then it's, well, I'm nervous about um, not being together as a family as much when we're raising our children. And so then it's like, okay, so now this argument about whether to do one little thing with your child has turned into like uh, some a, a, a financial discussion and a family time discussion. So now you could solve so many more things. Do you see that? Like there's so much more you can solve and there's so much like, it's just like juice is the word that's coming to me. There's just like a rich, rich opportunity to like really, really build the relationship and um, build, yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting to me. And I hope it is too. So I, I, I hope you could see that because we sit above the water on an iceberg on level one and we take our positions and we say, I'll be damned before I change my position. And that's it. And that's it. And we're never going to solve a problem there. And the more we can understand that we're just making assumptions about the other person and once we start to ask them, and that's again kind of goes in the action. When we start to t- t- actually listen to what people are saying instead of sitting there and thinking about what we're going to say back, we can really change the game here big time. Um, and so I, again, I'm, I'm going to go back to the act of generosity. And so th- those are the three layers of conflict. And um, I'm not going to go through like action for each one. I think you understand the action, right? The action is to get to the aspiration. What, what, what are you aspiring for here deep down? And what I always find is really useful is when I can start to see the argument in any situation start to start to build up. I, I just try and stop for, and th- this would be an act of generosity is I just try and stop and like, 
it, it's amazing when you can just kind of take a deep breath, calm yourself down and look at the other person and just acknowledge them in a sense. Like just shake your head. Like they're like, well, I, I'm dealing with this and this and this and just be like, yeah, wow, that must be really hard. And in my experience, it's a game changer. It's an absolute, when, when you say one thing like that, the walls just come barreling down because people don't, people want to feel felt. They want to feel like, not just, that, not just that you're listening to them and you're not, okay, you said this, so I can repeat it back, but you're actually like genuinely like understanding them. And that's what empathy is. And I think we struggle so much with empathy because we assume that when we're empathetic of someone, we're condoning their behavior. But it's not that. It's just emotionally feeling them and feeling for them where they're at and understanding that you understand where they're at. And when we can help people, we can show people that we can understand where they're at and what their struggle is. Whether we agree that it should be a struggle or not is irrelevant. But if they're struggling with it, that's a struggle for them. And the second we can, we can take that act of generosity and, and empathize with them and say, that must be really hard. Must be really hard to come to a brand new country and try and find a job. That's really hard. Must be really hard to try and raise kids and work a job and run around and deal with all these different, like that's hard. That's really hard. And when you could say that, you're going to just go right from the top of the iceberg all the way down into the aspiration game. It's that simple. Um, I think I could talk more about this, but I think you guys get the point really is, is, uh, I talked, the other thing I would point to is in my last podcast, I talked about the different levels of listening. Obviously that, 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 that portrays here is that getting to that level three of really just feeling the environment, understanding what's going on. And, um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, listening is the key, but, um, acknowledging and helping people feel felt really, really is a game changer. Um, so I, I hope you guys got something from this. Uh, as always, I always kind of end my podcast, but I hope you got something from this. I think a lot of you do. And, uh, I don't really have anything else. I hope you have a great day. Hey guys, it's Joe. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. I have a couple requests for you. Number one, Subscribe to the podcast. If you liked it, subscribe, share it with some friends. Number two, go to my website, joechiccarelli.com and subscribe to my blog. I send updates out when I drop new podcasts uh, once in a while with new blogs and some other stuff. So I'll keep you updated on what's going on. The last piece, if you or anyone you know has interest in joining the podcast as a potential client or even as someone um, to have a valuable discussion, or you know someone that might be good for me to bring on here an interview and pick their brain about how they've, uh, how they've, how they've come to find success in their life, let me know. Uh, you can get my contact information on my website if you don't already have it. And I, I look forward to hearing from you guys. I hope you have a great day.